Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I just want to add verse 8 to it. Love never fails. As I mentioned earlier, Marriage and Family Day has been set aside as a day to minister specifically to our families, to our single folks, our married folks. Sometimes our family dynamics is that our grandparents are raising grandchildren. Sometimes our family dynamic is that our children are are caring for parents. Whatever the the case is, a family is important. And we all need a loving family to help support us and make sense of the world around us. Today we're going to talk to you from the topic of a loving family. A loving family. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise for the topic this morning. And as Lady Dows mentioned earlier, we need support for the time that we're living in. If you have your Bibles, I know you do. Go ahead and turn me to the book of Matthew, chapter 24 and verse 12. The book of Matthew, chapter 24 and verse 12. One of the things that we learn and as we're growing in a family is that each family needs support. Each family needs help. And not just the family, but individuals in the family. And one of the reasons that we need help in our families is because of the time that we are living in. It's one that Jesus saw coming and warned us about in Matthew 24 and 12. And it which reads as follows. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Isn't that an awesome statement that Jesus made? When we look at this scripture, we can see that we're living in a time where lawlessness is abounding. Those that uh, want to violate God's rules and regulations and being ignorant of the word of God and the ways of God, those individuals are increasing or multiplying. See, we're living in a time where wickedness is being made known more through news outlets, social media platforms, in our homes, in the workplace, in governmental institution, business, judicial systems, educations, and so forth. And about every setting you mentioned, and I thought about this earlier. I don't know of one setting that doesn't have some type of corruption in it, some type of evil and some type of violating the rules and the regulations in it. I don't know of one. I don't really just point at one. But when you look around it, organizations are made up of people. And sometimes people don't do right. I don't get mad at every person, but some people just don't do right. Don't do right. Even more, when it comes to God's written and revealed word, there are those that violate the rules. They twist the rules to fit their own selfish gain. And even in the church, sometimes that happens as well. And let's just face it. Even in our own household, sometimes we may bend the rule a little bit to try to get our way. A little selfishness involved in that. It would just seem that people are becoming more bolder or more abrasive in their evils that they commit, not to mention some are becoming null to the strong force and persuasive influence of the evil spirits that are in the land. They recognize it, but they don't do anything about it, which is sad in my opinion. And because of the increase in lawlessness, the love of many is going to grow cold. As you mentioned in the text, when it comes to goodwill toward each other, wanting best, the best for each other, um, 
lawlessness has a way of, of twisting things around and, and causing people to focus more on what they're going to get out of the situation versus what they can do to help someone else. But the Lord lets us know that the more that that twisted thinking occurs, that God's love is going to begin to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And and not only that, to the point that it almost disappears, if you will, because folks are more concerned, our behaviors, we're more concerned about what we can do and how we can get power and how we can get influence that we forget that doing good for others is really God's way. We can see this manifest when people may start out being warm and friendly to us. You ever had a a, 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 little, a little group, whether it was your friends, your associates, your clique, whatever it is, but they just wanted you to be there, just wanted you to hang out, wanted you to enjoy, you know, just hanging out together. And, and they would invite you to go there and let's go hang out here and let's go do that. But the things begin to change when they realize that you had a biblical standard, when they realize that you had certain core beliefs that, that you know, they were not as warm and fuzzy. You know, they, they may not call you as often. They, they may forget your phone number or whatever. You think you did something wrong, but really it's what's going on inside of them that's caused them to pull away from you. It's also true with single folks. You know how it is. You know, we, you, you, back in the day, I can remember when you can check things off your box. This is the person I'm going to marry. They have this job. They have this background. They have this and that. But sometimes you got to remember that big box. Are they born again? Are they spirit-filled? Because they may check the box, but they also may tell you, yeah, but I, I don't need to do that church thing like you. I love Jesus, but I, I, I don't need that church thing like you. So in other words, what you're saying is you want to continue to go on your way and do your thing, which is twisted, as opposed to seeing what God would have us to do and how his way is going. So like I said, loneliness is, is, is one of those things that you, you really have to, to meditate on because it can happen so quickly and you don't even realize it. And sometimes we can get ourselves in situations deeper than what we should have, but we were so busy trying to be accepted and trying to hang out and trying to make connections that we missed the Holy Ghost and saying, this is twisted. This isn't, this isn't right. This doesn't line up with God's word. I can't allow my life to be governed by this because I have to keep loving in spite of. And note what Jesus said in that latter part of that text. He says many, a large group of people, is going to grow cold. One thing I thought about that is that it's going to start out at a proper place, but it's going to eventually just go into a negative place. It's going to get colder. I think about sometimes when I put things in the refrigerator. It may start out warm, but the longer it stays in that refrigerator, it's going to get colder and colder and colder. Well, this is when it comes to people's hearts and people's mindset. They may start out warm, but because of lawlessness, because they keep violating God's law, ignoring the Holy Spirit, it's going to continue to get cold. And one thing about it, somebody's going to fulfill that prophecy. Somebody going to fulfill that prophecy. I don't want to be nobody in this sanctuary fulfilling that prophecy. Somebody going to fulfill it, but we're going to choose as a congregation, as people that love Jesus, we're not going to fulfill that. We're going to love Jesus and others regardless of how what goes on in society. And as we obey the written and revealed word of God and allow our omniscient God to really lead us and, and really teach us, and, and we fall in love with God. One thing about it is you continue to fall in love with God and maturing him, you don't want any part of lawlessness. You're like, you know what, I'll opt out of that. You know, we, we can go and we can have a hamburger together, but we're we not going to go too far because you're going to try to pull something out of me that I know that God has delivered me from. And, and what's happening? The word of God is at work in us. The Holy Spirit has given us power to choose the word over lawlessness. I heard um, see a minister in the introduction when we were talking about the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we need the Holy Spirit now because if you don't have a greater power 
you will yield over to that other power, but it takes a, super, a superior power, a more sovereign power, and that being the Holy Ghost, to help you turn away from lawlessness. And the other powerful thing about um, dealing with lawlessness around us is that we have to have a heart of repentance. Even in our families, we have to be able to turn from our way and turn to God's way. We have to be able to break down that, that, that truth as far as it, you know, that things can get twisted in our own thinking as parents. Things can get twisted in our kids' thinking. Things can get twisted in our spouse's thinking. But we still have to hold on to what the Word of God says no matter what. In my opinion, we need messages like today to help us to keep love, especially when it comes to our families. You know what I thought about? We have to learn how to love. Mm-hmm. I know we have feelings of love, but to really love God's way, you got to learn that way. Because somebody can turn you the other way, and boy, you say, well, forget this. I'm going to start going with what I know. And that may not be pretty. It may not be what God's calling you to do. But remember, whatever we go through, we're a big family, regardless of our family structure. Our family might be uh, married, divorced, single, blended, adopted, foster parents, single parents, grandparents raising children, grandchildren raising or taking care of grandparents. Regardless of what it is, we need a loving family. Why? Because a loving family can be described as having someone to love us unconditionally, without restrictions or conditions, in spite of our shortcomings. Love is a definite powerful force that has the ability to change us and make us better. Amen. And it's so important that we really look at the scripture when it comes to love because the world will try and define love. People will try and define love. Traditions will try and define love. But we need to know what the word of God says about love. Because sometimes we will spend our lives trying to be something that God never ordained for us to be. Sometimes we'll spend our lives trying to please people in ways he never ordained for us to do that. And we define that as love. And so we we will stop loving our family when we should be continuing in love. But we have in our mindset what we think love is. So what we want to do right now, we're going to show you four powerful insights for a loving family. And again, this message is to all of us, um, to our natural families, our families that's here, our secondary families, because we may move into some siblings and aunts and uncles too, that's fine. But it also is there for our church family as well. So one powerful insight about loving a loving family A loving family knows this. God is love, and we must stay in him at all costs. Turn with me to 1 John 4 and 16. 1 John 4 and 16. And it reads, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. We have to know, we have to be confident in the fact that God, that the love that God has for us, we can't let people talk us out of that. He loves us. You're talking about somebody that not just said it in deed, but He manifested himself in flesh. He allowed people to criticize him, to harass him. He allowed people to crucify him. And he loved us so much that he hadn't done anything. He did that just for us. He loved us so much. He said, you know what? You're going to have to deal with death, and you're going to have to deal with the grave. But I love you so much, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to conquer death and the grave. I'm going to rise up again so you will never question my love. And guess what? I love you so much, I'm going to send my spirit back to you so that you can be in filled with my spirit so that I can continue to show my love. you got to be confident in that. Because when we abide in love, he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. 
See, love will make you endure. Hey, he had to endure that cross. He had to continue even when he didn't want to. You know why? Because he loved us. So the first powerful insight for a family is God is love, and we must stay in him at all costs. Nothing will pull my family out of the word of God, out of the love of God. That has to be our confession. And you say, well, I have grown children. You're right, and they're grown, and they will have to make that choice. Then nothing is going to pull me out of the word of God and out of God. Because you know what? God is love, and if I'm going to continue to love at the level I need to, I have to stay in him. Second one here is love casts out fears, anxieties, frustrations, and so forth. It comes to torment our family and our family members. Turn your Bibles to the book of 1 John 4 and 18. The book of 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18, which reads as follows. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. There's fears, frustrations, and anxieties that will come based on past decisions, poor decisions, and uninformed decisions. Sometimes we don't even, sometimes we know to do better, but just choose not to. Mm -hmm. I would say sometimes that we get in a position where we can't do better, but I've learned people can do better. It's just we have to make up in our minds we want to do better. Mm-hmm. I thank God for the graduates that made up in their mind they want to do better. That's right. They want to do better. Appreciate them. Appreciate them. Sometimes financial decisions in the past that were made were uninformed, can turn out poorly, and has potential to bring about fears, frustrations, and anxieties. I've lived long enough to, make, to sign my name on something, and what I sign my name to had me up at night, had me worried, had me upset, and I signed my name to it. I know they tried to persuade me, but it was up to me when I signed my name. And once I signed it, I got the item. Now I had to pay that thing back. Let me let that sink in a moment. And when you got to pay it back and they calling you and they send you that bill every month, I tell you, I you, sometimes bills will make their way quicker than anything I ever seen in my life. Would you mail, would you mail that bill yesterday? Here it is, sitting in my door the next morning. Now I'm looking for a check. Here it is, two, three weeks later. Where's my money at? I'm sorry, I'm getting caught up just a moment. Don't get caught up, Pastor. But the thing is, those type things can cause anxieties and fears, and those fears can cause us. If you ain't careful, listen. I thank God I'm saved. Because I know there's been some stuff that came with my life. Can I tell you a little secret? Don't tell nobody now. This 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 cause I'm saved. I'm tell, can you t- can't keep a secret between me and you? Me and you. Don't tell nobody. If I wasn't saved, I've been went back to the bottle. I ain't gonna lie to you though. Because some stuff came with my life, I would have went back to it. I might have went back to taking some type of pill or something like that to calm my nerves. You know, how we say we don't need the pill, but we just calming our nerve. You know, I just take the pill to calm my nerve. I need to take this to calm my nerve. Y'all probably don't know nothing about that stuff like that. But I'm just saying, between me and her, we just talking. We y'all just letting y'all listen in on the conversation. The thing I got to understand is I cannot allow what these things are coming in my life to cause me to operate like that. Thank you, Pastor. And, you know, just mention that insight. Love casts out fears. Sometimes that fear is in family members. Sometimes that fear will grip the entire family, but sometimes it's family members. And, and when you think about it and you operate in fear, see, fear will cause a person to work countless hours making more but paying more. Can I say that? Fear will cause you to work countless hours. You're making more. But you pay him more. What does fear do? Fear tricks you into thinking that giving does not work. Fear will trick you into thinking that giving is not of God. Until the iris come knocking at your door at the beginning of the year. And fear forgot the conversation it had with you. And you find yourself paying out more to the government that you should not have been paying out to. Had you been a good steward and was given, God would bless you and cause that thing to be turned around. Can I talk about fear for a minute? Fear will mess with you 
and it will mess with your entire family. And you think you're doing good, but because you won't operate by God's principle, it will cause you to do more and have less. Fear will tell you it ain't ever going to get better. But I need you to tell your neighbor, better is here and better is coming. Bigger is here and bigger is coming. We ain't going to be families operating in no fear in this church. Is that right? We're going to obey God's word no matter what, and we're going to trust him to take care of the rest. The third one is love will cover for us and allow space for restoration. Love will cover for us and allow space for re- restoration. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 8 reads as follows. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. See, love will cover us and allow a space for restoration. See, love will allow space for a young adult who is enjoying part-time adulting to grow and mature into a powerful and prayerful man and woman of faith. You know, it starts out that you were not where you wanted to be. But because of God's love for you, he covers our mistakes. So I thank God for that. I was pre, I was thinking about this the other day, uh, back in my earlier days in ministry. I said, Lord, you covered me in a multitude of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for doing that, helping me to make it to where we are today. And he is still covering us, ain't he, Pastor? Sorry about that. He is, though, because sometimes we put it on the past, but we forget. We need God to continue to cover us. Hey, we're not perfect. We're not God. He continues to cover us. Sorry about that. Think about my young days as a husband. Mm-hmm. I was a raggedy husband, but God covered me. And I'm sorry. Did I use the wrong word there? Pastor. I'm sorry. I'm Failed sorry. script, Pastor. I'm Failed sorry. Script. I'm sorry. Was that too? That too I should use the biblical terminology for that, but I just used the one from Villa Rica that I know. But I wasn't the best husband in the world. And so God covered me until I could become a better husband. Are y'all following me there? I wasn't the best worker in the world, but God covered me until I became a better worker. Why? Because he helps me. Love was covering me, at, but knowing what love, love would cover you, but it develops you while it's covering you. That's good. It develops you, calls you to be better. Don't tell me you're covered by love, but you're not getting better as God is covering you. Amen. Thank That's God good. that he covered me. It's sad. You've been the same, the same husband or the same co-worker or the same person you were 10 years ago that you are today because you have not taken advantage of the covering. I like First Peter 4 and 8 because it says, above all things, have fervent love for one another. That means we've got to be intentional in loving each other. We can't stop loving each other. And it goes on to say, because love will cover. It does. It will hide. It will hinder the knowledge being known to everybody else. Our shortcomings, not only a little bit of sin, but a multitude of sins. Every time we miss the mark, thank God that love will cover us. I think about what Pastor said in, in, in terms of being a young wife. Um, I can recall that, you know, for me, I thank God that love allowed space for an unprepared wife to grow into being a strong, supportive wife. Um, I grew up in a single-parent home. My mom was surviving, right? And I thank God that she did what she did and how she raised us because it got us to that point. But I wasn't in a single-parent home as a married person. So I had to learn how to love. I had to learn how to be strong and be supportive and not just think I got to keep going, 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 going. Because let me tell you, love will cause you to take a look at your own self and reflect on your own self. And it's caused you to be intentional in your love. And, and when I became more intentional in what I do, I saw more miracles developing in my household. I saw it being developed even more so in my children, in my husband. So love will cover you, but but we also have to understand we need to be intentional in getting better as love covers. And we as family members must understand as love is covering us, thank God for God's love that covers you and don't think the flesh will cover you because the flesh will expose you for its own pleasure, for its own way of doing things. 
And so you, we don't look for the flesh to cover us. You know when the flesh cover you because it's fleshly nature. It's fleshly way of doing things. But when God, when we pray and allow the word, word of God to work in us and through us, we can expect wisdom and grace to handle what is uncovered, revealed in our children, grandchildren, husband, wife, parents, and so forth. Allow God to make that better. Amen. Insight number four. Love will bind a family together. Let's look at Colossians 3 and 14. I believe you have it on your sermon notes. Love will bind a family together. Colossians 3 and 14. But above all these things, put on love. You've got to apply it. You've got to connect with love, which is the bond of perfection. Love has bonding power. It has power to unite us. It has power to link us together, to connect us. And not only that, of perfection, that means it will cause us to mature. Love will cause us to grow up because we have our way of doing, but it may not be God's way of doing it. A loving family will allow space for family members to take off a life of pain, heartbreak, abuse, Low self-worth, people that didn't really love us, that hurt us. But when you put on love, you allow your family members, I'm going to allow that baby to take that off, take off that pride, take off that disappointment, take off that rebellion. Because as long as they're taking it off, this is what love, it gives space and consistency while we're putting it on. We're putting on love. Even while those other family members are taking off things, and sometimes they take off stuff and it hurt us. We didn't feel good about that. But according to Colossians 3 and 14, but above, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Families, we got to know, our family members, as cute as they are, and as much as we love them, they're going to go through things. And somehow along the way, things get put on them. But also, we have to know that we got to put on love so we can allow those things to be taken off. So the question is, what is love? What is love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 7. Pastor, you want to read that? 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Amen. So what we want to do now is just kind of unpack 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. And these are just ways that the Lord revealed to us to help us define and describe love. Because, again, the world had a way of teaching us what it thought love was. And sometimes some of that love, it hurt us, it wounded us. It abused us. It, it, it just caused some deeper things in us that almost hinders us from knowing what true love is. But when we look at the scripture, we look at the text, the first one is love suffers long. It's patient. It endures. It's slow to anger, slow to punish. When we think about suffering long, I believe it takes a mature Christian to endure situations and circumstances in a manner that brings glory to Christ and not hinder our testimony as being Christ-like. Sometimes I've been guilty. I suffered long, but it wasn't the right attitude. I suffered long, but I was complaining through the whole process. But mature love helps us to develop patience and endurance and, and be slow to anger and slow to punish others with our deeds and our words. Love suffers long. The second one is love is kind. To be kind simply means it takes being intentional and desire to be useful and beneficial. We need more kindness in the world. Our church needs more kindness and we need families for more kindness. And how can I be useful and beneficial to those around me if I'm always kind? One of the things I thought about was this. If I'm always kind to everybody else but never kind to my family, what kind of example am I setting for my family? I can speak good to everybody else, but I never can speak good about my family. 
I can, criticize, I can criticize my family all the time, but I can find the smallest compliment to give somebody else. What does that say about me? I see everybody else, and, and their child is doing good, but I never see my child do anything good. What's wrong with that picture? What's wrong with that picture? Love does not envy. It's not jealous. It does not desire earnestly what someone else has. And we have to know jealousy can be an evil monster if not dealt with in a godly manner. People can allow the force of jealousy and envy to creep in and cause havoc among sisters and brothers. <laughs> Spouses can be jealous of each other. Single folks can be envious of married folks. Married folks envious of single folk. The person that we, we, we envious for, they inwardly saying, if only you knew. It ain't all that. Mature love will teach you it ain't all that. Stay in your lane. Wait for God. The grass might look green on the other side, but let me tell you, it has to be mold. It gets weeds, bugs, mold, snakes, anything else. So mature love will help us to not be envy. Don't, don't be envious. Enjoy the season that God has you in and allow his love to, to flow. Before I go to the next one, number four, uh, let me say this to you. It takes time to mature in these. It takes time. I don't expect for somebody overnight to get all these down. I don't expect people in been there for a while to, to get this overnight. It takes time to mature in love. And just like that people have patience with you, have patience with other people as we develop in this love walk. Amen. And I, can I say this too, Pastor? And it takes the Holy Spirit to teach us, right? It takes time, but we got to have a constant teacher. And we got to be teachable while he's, he's teaching us. Because sometimes God will say, don't be, don't be so quick to anger. But our flesh will say, yeah, I want to take care of this right now, God. I'll check with you later, right? <laughs> sometimes the Lord will say, I need you to endure. And our flesh will say, I'm tired, right? So sometimes the Holy Spirit is busy trying to teach us. But it takes time, but it takes power. And it takes a teachable attitude to say, you know what? I'm not going to overrule the Holy Ghost. I'm going to listen, and I'm going to watch him work it out. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Number four, love does not parade itself. Parade means it doesn't boast about itself. It doesn't place itself on display. And see, mature love will teach us how to boast on Jesus and celebrate with each other. See, mature love will seek to put Jesus on the throne and not us, our reputation, our intellect, our good looks. And you do look good. Don't let, don't let nobody trick you now. You don't believe me? Look to your right. That's a good looking person right there. Oh, by the way, they look good on the left too. They, don't they look good? Don't you agree with me? But we're going to celebrate with them and we ain't going to boast, right, Pastor? <laughs> I believe in honoring those who deserve to be honored, but boasting has to be done on the Lord based on 2 Corinthians 10 and 17. Note this in your, for your um, notes. 2 Corinthians 10 and 17. But he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Amen. Love is not puffed up. It's not inflated. It's not prideful. Not thinking too highly of oneself. Godly love will give you a proper opinion of yourself and not to think too highly of oneself and not to think too low. Because sometimes it's just as damaging to have low self-esteem and low self-worth, to believe that you're not worthy. But if he died for you, he made you worthy. Each one of us must continue to take heed to God's written and revealed word to have the proper mindset of ourselves and our family members despite past mistakes. How many of you know, as Pastor said, we're going to make mistakes. That's just a part of being human. But when we continue to desire to please God and to operate in his love, we won't be puffed up. We won't be prideful. We'll be willing to listen and not always know the answers to it. We'll be willing to um, to adhere to what others are saying. We'll come into the house of God ready to listen and learn and not come into the house of God already with the answers. When we are not too puffed up, we will allow the Holy Spirit to teach us. Next one is does not behave rudely or unbecomingly. To be rude means to be ill-mannered, abrupt, offensive, and impolite. At times, rudeness will show up more when we get too comfortable with people or maybe lose perspective on their value important to us. We can be rude. We 
can be rude to each other, family members, and not realize because we become too relaxed. And sometimes you see people talking to their family members just any type of way. And, and it's amazing. We're noticing on somebody else, but won't even notice when we're doing it ourselves. We will talk at folks, at our family, but then talk polite. I mean, you've seen people, they'll talk at, don't you, da, 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 and turn and say, hey, how you doing? Just like that, man. Just like that. You know, one thing I thought about, though, and you got to understand when he says does not behave rudely, you got to understand when the Holy Spirit is leading, because when Jesus went in that temple and started kicking over the the money changer tables and everything like that, you would think he was behaving rudely. But no, God was behaving within himself. And we have to understand that sometimes you have to deal with things uh, in a way that may seem rude to others, but you got to do it out of a heart of love. Everybody understand the difference between the two. I ain't talking about going in there just being with the mindset that I want to do something to somebody, but the mindset is I'm doing it out of love. Because sometimes you got to be correct children. Sometimes you have to correct family members. Sometimes you have to deal with stuff. And that may seem rude to them, but you're doing it out of a heart of love. And that has to be the, the main factor there. And many times, too, it's not as much as what we say, but it is really and truly how we say it. Mm-hmm. And so you can be you can be able to deal with stuff and confront things that are not godly, but it really is is how you say it and what's your heartbeat behind that. Because you know we can go turn over tables, but we uh, could be mad, or we can just say, you know what, this ain't going well. We need to talk this through, and we're gonna do it out of love, and we're gonna do it with the right mindset, but we're gonna deal with what is is happening. Children can get too relaxed and comfortable with their parents, and they can say and act any type of way. Um, I'll be honest with you. I've had to pull some children aside and talk to them about how they talk to their parents, even here in the church. I'm talking about this church right here, Overcomers Christian Center. I've had to pull children aside and say, hey, we don't talk to our parents like that. These parents are with you through the thick and the thin, and they helping you. Well, you don't know what my mom and daddy did to me. Amen. You got a roof over your head. You paying any of the bills. They would get mad at a parent who paid their cell phone bill and the Wi-Fi bill and put food on their table. And they, they, they don't even have a job. Tennis shoes they wear and clothes they wear has nothing to do with them. But will get upset with their parents and think their parents not treating them fairly or doing them the right way. And you got to be careful how you talk to your Children talking to their parents. Children talking to their parents. And parents can do the same to their children. Just because we're parents, we still need to be polite and not offend our children in that type of way. Rules over time can lead to unresolved anger and broken relationships. And therefore, we have scriptures like Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. The book of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Do not provoke. Do not arouse to anger. Do not enrage your children to wrath. And wrath means extreme anger. But bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. That's a lesson all of us can learn from. Number seven, love does not seek its own. It's not demanding. It's not requiring that you do just what it wants. Love is giving. And we can test our love while if we're trying to hold on more than we're willing to give, we might need to mature in some love, right? I have found that, and, and people have said, love, giving is your love language. And I was like, let me tell you something. I had to learn how to love folk through my giving. Because sometimes I give, and it ain't always the most favorable person to me. It's not always the person that's treated me right. But I understand that love is greater than their actions. And so when it comes to uh, love, it doesn't seek its own. When a person operates in agape love, they're giving of their time, their resources, their ideas, and so forth, as the Holy Spirit directs. You know, sometimes when we, we like to give when, it, when we agree with it. We like to give when you made us happy. But sometimes you let the Holy Ghost get in, in the right school, he'll teach you. Now nah, you give in spite of. You give no matter what. You do no matter what. And let me take care of the rest. 
And what I have found to be true is sometimes that person, they already know what they've done to you. But it's the Holy Ghost really ministers to them when you can go beyond what they did and how they acted and you still sold into their lives. So love does not seek its own. Next one is love is not provoked. It's not irritated. It's not made angry. It's not stirred. Because we love our family members and desires what is best for them, they can irritate us when they do and say the opposite of the things that will make them better. And I'm sure everybody in here has dealt with that in some type, form, or fashion. You tell, hey, your relationship with Jesus will help you to get better, but yet they may not adhere to it. It takes unconditional love to keep us in moments when we can be stirred to be angry and sometimes violent toward them. We just can't punch them in the throat. And I, I'm going to say that lightly because I don't want nobody to repeat that I said something <laughs> like that. Uh, because, I, well, y'all probably, y'all probably never had wanted to punch anybody in the throat. And so y'all never know what that is. But, but for some of us who are parents that sometimes get upset with our children and they want to cross eye us and we want to, oh, I know, I know you did. So you got to catch yourself. Cause you be on, I know, I know see, that, and you ain't never, you ain't careful, you be on try, you'll be on reach right here, and you be on put it about right under him, and you will start to. Help us, Jesus. Cast out the throat punch of spirit, Lord. But I know y'all don't do stuff like that, so pray for the rest, all the parents, and especially the young ones of him. Well, I would never do that to my child. Keep living. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Okay, Pastor, stick with the text. Number nine. Love thinks no evil. And then go around in their mind conjuring up and reasoning and trying to do evil, twisted stuff, destructive stuff. Unconditional, unlimited, and agape love teaches us that we must renew our minds daily with the word of God. This will help us not to do evil, to choose evil, or to do harm or wicked things. And we know how it is when you get to going left, you like, that ain't the Holy Ghost. But your mind still want to go and fix it. But nah, you know that's twisted. So when you operate in love, you're not busy sitting around thinking evil, despite the fact people could be thinking evil about you. It does not matter if we are a husband, a child, a sister, brother, grandparent, pastor, first lady, senior minister, minister. No one is exempt. Mature love teaches us to think no evil. And love does not rejoice in iniquity. It does not rejoice in iniquity. See, real, authentic, and mature love is not happy when injustice, injustice and unrighteousness is on display, regardless of who it is. Mm-hmm. Children, if your parents are excited that you're shacking up with your quote-unquote boo, it could be that they want to be your friend more than a loving parent. Your mama should not be rejoicing when you come home drunk or drugged out. It should be a sad situation. Because they don't rejoice in iniquity. Amen. Love, uh, but it does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love is happy. It thrives when it comes to truth, especially the things that are truth as it relates to God. Mature and bona fide love is happy about the word of God, and it's how it's changing our lives and making us better, even if it comes as a rebuke. Like, I just got to take it and do better. But you're happy about it because you know if you operate in that word, things are going to get better. Parents should be rejoicing and knowing that their children are keeping themselves unto marriage. Mm -hmm. Husbands are loving and providing for their families as they daily seek God for his guidance and direction. Why? Because love rejoices in the truth. It does not rejoice in that which is evil. Love bears all things. Love protects, it hides, and it covers. See, mature love protects and hides and covers all things, as the scripture tells us. I found out that the love of Jesus has been protecting us and continues to protect us. And one of the persons that it protects me from the most is not the devil, it's not people, but it's me. Amen. I have found out that the love of Jesus is protecting me from me. Amen. The next one, which is the 13th one, love believes all things. It has confidence in all things. Love has a way of believing the truth of God's word and believing in others. We must continue to believe in all things as it pertains to God and to our family members. you got to believe in those graduates. 
You know what? And parents, you got to believe in their next step in life. We have to believe in our children no matter where they are. we got to believe that the word can work regardless of what it looks like. But love will believe all things. And third, the next one here, excuse me, is love hopes all things. It trusts in, it waits for joy, it waits in all things. And wait means earnest expectation. Love teaches how to trust in and wait for with confidence for God's word to manifest in our children, in our spouse, in our sisters and brothers in Christ, despite what we see or have experienced with that person. You know, I think about that scripture, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, you know, that, that old is a tricky word there because don't, you don't know how old they're going to be. Amen. I mean, you don't know how old they going to be. Did I say how old are they going to be? No. Because you think, ooh, he said, oh, here they are, two years later. And, and we grow at different rates. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to think that, um, and and for me, at 18, and I'm grown, I can do whatever. Let me tell you, you ain't grown. You just got 18, right? Or, uh, you know, you said, well, they got to do, they got to figure it out when they're grown. Parents, they can't figure it out that soon. We got to continue to love. We got to continue to pray. We got to continue to guide and encourage. Let me tell you, you could be 35 and you still got to figure it out. You could be, I'm at 52 and I'm still trying to figure stuff out. So we have to continue to, to, to sow into our children's life and our grandchildren's life. Yes, we allow them to grow and to, to develop. But we don't isolate them and, and, and turn them over to the world and, and let the world finish raising them. No. You need to know because you could be grown at 21 and run your credit until you 51. That's, that's, that's what you can do. So you got to let the, the Lord continue to teach you and, and continue. And that, that, that must be for somebody because that was not on our notes. But I'm just saying, when it comes to being adult, I know you like to part-time adults, young folks, adulting as they call it, but there's a lot to that. And there's decisions you can make now that can alter the rest of your life. And so as parents and as a loving family, your parents may be encouraging you to do things. And I know we got to figure out how we're going to say it to you, but it's for your good. It is to help you to avoid some of the things that they know that they have dealt with before. Love endures all things. It continues to remain and persevere. God's love teaches us how to remain and persevere in all situations, circumstances, and with all people. Loving families will be better prepared to endure the challenges and changes of life. And we'll go to our last scripture, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 8. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 8. Which basically reads as follows. Love never fails. Mm-hmm. Now let me say this to you. It may look like it's failing, but God's love never fails. Amen. Never. God's love, and let me say this to you, has never failed. And it will never fail. Now we may come up short right. as humans, but God's love never fails. I appreciate God being a loving God. Even when parents are not where they need to be or children are not where they need to be at, God's love never fails. It does, it's not powerless. It's not without effect. And it does not come up short when it comes to the divine promises of God. All amen. the promises of God in him were yes and amen. Amen. A productive and prosperous family will embrace the need to improve their love walk and become the loving family that God has ordained based on his written and revealed word. Amen. And I just want to say my final thoughts is no matter where your family is at this point, no matter what you're dealing with, you got to take the word that you received today. And you got to know that God is able to perform his word irregardless of what you thought it was going to turn out, irregardless of what people said it was going to be. You've got to trust the word. And I just encourage you this, to, to have the heart, to the heart of repentance. I always say it starts first with me, self-reflection. Where am I in this scripture? 
But then I go into let me allow his word to change my situation. Because sometimes God will change us. And sometimes he will change the situation. But I just encourage you, keep loving. Keep loving on your family, loving on your children. Children, keep loving on your parents. You may not agree with everything, but it doesn't stop your love. It should never stop the love, the unconditional love that God has for us, and he desires for us to have that love for each other. You know, one thing I wanted to co-sign on what you said there, when I went back and just kind of meditated on the message, I realized when God was speaking this message to us, it was not about you loving me, but it was about me loving you. Mm. I said, well, God, what if they don't do right? That's good. What if they don't say something? What if they don't, what if they don't, you know, this is my thing. What if they don't, 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 what if they don't. You know how God kind of answered that. He put that mirror in front of me. And I couldn't say no more after that. You know, I had to kind of just humble myself and say, okay, God, it's not about them loving me and doing right. It's about me loving you and you showing me how to love others through your love. I said, well, got a lovely family. I can't wait for the family to love me. I've got to be the one who loves God. And God teaches me how to love the family. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.